your post Pilates gear, those funkified running shoes. They could all smell like a new car. Thanks to the MyGM Rewards card, you'll earn four points for every dollar spent on all purchases everywhere. And seven total points for every dollar spent with GM. Earn towards a brand new GM ride with every yoga mat and spa treatment. That's the power of appreciation. From us to you. Namaste, y'all. Subject to credit approval. Terms and limitations apply. Visit MyGMRewardsCard.com. Hello, I'm Gerard Farrelly and you are very welcome to another bonus episode of Fascinated. Did you ever think you would see the day when I would put two episodes out, not only in the same week, but on the same day? Uh, well, this is it. These are strange, very unprecedented times that we are in at the moment. Uh, so two bonus episodes. I think we all deserve them. Uh, I mean that in a good way. <laughs> Uh, okay, this is the live show. In November 2019, we did a live fascinated show at the Dublin Podcast Festival. Myself, two amazing guests and a select audience all showed up at the brand new Headstuff Podcast Studios. Hits were performed and souls were bared and a priceless Eurovision artefact was almost destroyed. I tried on Neve Cavanagh's jacket and I almost never got it off again. If you know my podcast Fascinated, you will know that it is simply an excuse for me to chat to people I'm a big fan of and this live show was no exception. My guests were singer-songwriter Naomi Coleman and Eurovision winner Neve Cavanagh and we had a blast. You can see the full edited live show on my YouTube channel, but if that's not your thing, this is the version that was edited for podcast. It's more or less the same stuff. It's slightly shorter. Um, I've trimmed down some of the stuff where you need to be watching to get the full effect. Also, uh, for this version, I, I did a duet with Neve in the live show that I think it's funny if you're watching it, but I think if you're just listening to it, that might be a bit tragic. So uh, my guitar playing is not for the audio only format. I am a comedian, not a musician, and that shows when I try to be a musician. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's gone. If you want to see that, it's on the YouTube channel. Uh, so if you enjoy the show, you can show your appreciation by buying me a coffee on Ko-fi using the link in the information for this episode. Also, if you subscribe where you downloaded this, you won't miss an episode. All right, sit back, relax, wash your hands and enjoy. This is the Dublin Podcast Festival Fascinated Live. First up, Naomi Coleman.
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage one of my favourite people in the world, Naomi Coleman. Yay! Oh, I'm mortal. So <laughs> we learned the last the last <laughs> podcast festival we did, um, we showed the Care About You video, and then we just got to sit there with her head in her hands, going, "Please, why did you do this to me?" Uh, I have to say, my favorite thing, I think one of my favorite things in the world is this. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, that w- that must have been an incredible day to be a pop star. Absolutely. I mean, that's every day. In the shower. Every, yeah, when the I get out, that's how I dry. <laughs> I, I air dry in slow motion. Um, oh, it was freezing. Really? Yeah, no, because they'd. Impart, there's a part in that video where I am. Um, I go backwards into a pool of ice cold water, and completely um, submerged, and come out, and then shake the head and the thing. But they had to get rid of the me being completely submerged because they told me Kids TV wouldn't play it because oh. it looked dangerous. Oh right! So there's just a <laughs> random part where I'm shaking my head, and then it makes no <laughs> logical sense. It's like, was she in the rain? Did she, what, oh wow! Did so there's a director's cut out there that yeah. they were afraid to. Okay, yeah. wow. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you are. You've just finished a little tour in Ireland. Mm-hmm, yeah. I have. Uh, and what's that been like? Because when I first met you, you hadn't gigged in ages. You oh, in a long time. Yeah, it was like seven years. I swear, it's mostly thanks to you because you've given me like a boost and a reminder. <laughs> That I used to do music and I, seriously, thank you. Oh my god! For that, Listen, I love you for that. No, my pleasure. But um, yeah. He just, you know, reminds people of their passions. But no, I did. I did a fantastic <laughs> tour um, with three amazing women: um, Anne Marie Cullen, Cynthia Catania, and Sylvie Lewis. And we toured around. And what we do is instead of we do it. Um, it's a, a style called in the round. Even though you're in a line, and each one of us takes a turn playing a song, and then it goes to the next person, and the next person, and the next person, and then it starts all over again. So it's a really nice way to do gigs because you know there's a variety. And if you think somebody's crap, you don't <laughs> have to listen to them doing six songs in a row. There's going to be a so I I um, so uh, you couldn't do that with comedy because like comedians would be sitting there going oh. <laughs> Doing this Jerry Adams joke. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it's been wonderful to do to do that, and there you know it's it's fun. It's like it's great because I did. Yeah, I took a long time off to, you know, have babies, and then I was very tired and cranky. Uh, <laughs> so it was better off that I was not on the stage. I, uh, well, I, I saw one of those shows, and I went. I went. It was the day after my sister's wedding, and I was so hungover. Like it was you were just delicate. yeah, it was very delicate, yeah. uh, and. Uh, yeah, Amory just said. Uh, <laughs> Amory said, "This is from my uh, album Loss." And I was just like, "Oh, I forgot there was Loss in the world." <laughs> <laughs> Horrific. Um, but uh, so you, when you first got your record deal, when you were uh, just out of school, you mm. but you turned it down. I did. Yeah, yes. I got I got offered. Um, uh, uh, well, I, this sounds like really I got offered. I was in sixth year and I was singing in a Dublin band called the Wild Oscars and I was a backing singer in that band. It was like an acoustic funk kind of band, lots of harmonies, almost like kind of a Manhattan transfer. Do you know oh them? Cool. Yeah, Does anyone yeah. know them? I don't know. If well they, knows sang, them they sang with on a track with Bette Midler. The up, 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 I think. Manhattan Transfer, not yeah, the Wild Oscars. Manhattan Transfer, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've never... Oh, no, 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 no. It sounded like she meant the Wild Oscars. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> 
I'm in my dreams. Um, but it, I was I was just kind of happy doing that. And I um, yes, I got very, very lucky. And it was it was on the strength of doing the, the Yaple song contest where I, I performed um, Care About You, which is a, a song that I wrote a long time ago. And I won that. And then a few different labels were interested in signing me because I think that, you know, they just wanted young 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 ones who write songs at that moment in time I ticked the box so I got offered yeah three different deals and I turned them all down to stay being a backing singer and then after <laughs> a while like, of no, real I like life it. I like it here in Breelands <laughs> um, well I do yes. I know I do like it in Breelands um, but um, I just you know I, I, I subsequently changed my mind and I also thought I'll never finish school I'll never do my leaving like if I got a record deal I'll I'll run away and get all excited with that. So I was very sensible for it. That was it. That was very my. That's where I that peaked. Was your my sense peaked and has then gone down ever <laughs> since steadily. So and then luckily, EMI, I, I grovelled and begged and rang them back. I was like, I was a fool. Take me, take me. <laughs> and thankfully they did. So yeah, that's how I ended up with them. But really quickly, you ended up like when Silver Wrist came out, the first record. Mm-hmm. You ended up really um, big in Japan. I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cliche, a living cliche. Yeah, they loved, they were mad into Irish. I think at that point as well, like in the mid 90s, Irish music was quite in vogue. It was quite the thing in Japan. So um, again, I ticked the box there and it did really well over there. So I got to go over and tour and do all the mad Japanese TV shows and um, interviews and uh, you know, travel around. It's amazing there. And they love music. You know, it was a really, it was a very nourishing place to go as a musician and perform because um, over there, certainly my experience, but I, I don't think it's just me. I think it's just a cultural thing. They, they, you can hear a pin drop during a, a concert. You know, it, you would, there would never be somebody chatting in the back, you know, clinking a glass. You know, it's rapt attention, which is, you know, when you're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when, when you're, you're an artiste, old, artiste and you need all your attention it's fantastic so yeah it was great brilliant there. Yeah, yeah and when did you um, when, when you finished the first album um, you when did you start to do the kind of dance stuff because I, like I remember when I bought Silver Wrists I felt like it was a really introspective album and I was like oh Mamie Comas the only person that understands me <laughs> <laughs> and I remember when I bought it I bought it in Monroe's record shop in Galway in Galway yeah with one of my friends John mm-hmm. who is here and uh, he bought it as well, but his copy was signed, oh. and mine wasn't. Oh, oh! The friendship <laughs> almost ended. Oh, wow! <laughs> well, 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 John. <laughs> Gosh, well, um, uh, the dance stuff came along, yeah, after Silver Wrists, and then there was, um, you know, a break in between the two albums, and. I actually recorded then the second album, Bring Down the Moon, and but it was recorded and finished, and but it hadn't been released yet. And it was basically just the, uh, the guys from Aurora, who are the, the two um, people I did Ordinary World with, they were also signed to uh, Positiva, so a, a sub- subsidiary of EMI, who I was with. And based, uh, could I make this more boring? <laughs> story. And so then we decided to do our taxes together and look at some holiday slides and we thought, let's make a song. No, there, somebody from their label heard my album and liked my voice and played it to them and they liked my voice and they thought it would suit Ordinary World because they were looking for a singer for it. So they rang me up and asked me to do it and I thought, why not? I'm, I don't normally do this kind of music, but I, you know, I'm, I'll give it a try and I did it and it did quite well. So yeah, it was Yeah, because it was, it was like it was a big hit in the UK like you were it was top 
five, wasn't it? Top five. five yeah, in the UK. five. Like by the skin yeah, of its teeth, it was top five, but it was still, <laughs> you know. If it was six, we would have had top six. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you, so you got to do all of the kind of cool stuff back then because you did you did like top of the pops. Mm-hmm. What was it like doing top of the pops? Oh, it was deadly. It was very <laughs> surreal. Like you know, I was like the whole time just walking around going, "What am I doing here? This is mental." But um, no, it was all, you know, it was who, awesome. Who else was on it with you? I have no recollection of oh, any right. of the other bands on it because all I was doing was thinking about myself and the fact that I was on Top of the Pops. Isn't that awful? No. I couldn't tell you. Do you know what? You'll probably be on Top of the Pops too at some point. Oh, am I that old? No. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, that would be nice though and I can find out who else, yeah, who else yeah. was on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, ignored him. Ignored him <laughs> yeah. Asked him to get me a cup of coffee. <laughs> Do you know what I do remember is I wore red leather trousers but you know what they were pleather red pretend leather trousers and I just found them recently up in my mum's attic I was clearing some stuff out and I found them the top in of the a box trousers. the top of the pop's trousers would you like to see the top of the pop's trousers in action of course you would <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, I just really wanted to be on the top of the Pops crowd. Oh, oh that yeah. That was the dream. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they, like they were having a ball with like cameras around the ball. They were not having a ball. There was a lot of waiting around. And there was a lot of extras. A uh, lot of waiting around. And, and it was it was cold. I do remember that. Really? Chilly. Chilly. Good thing I had the pleather on. <laughs> <laughs> but when you when you released the, the next album, you did a song with uh, the guys that the guys that were responsible for Natalie and Brudy is torn. Mm. Uh, yes, the, um, My Star, which yes. was one of the tracks yeah. from Bring Down the Moon, my second album. And um, it was the only, it, yeah, I did that song with Phil Thornally, who who um, wrote, wrote uh, Torn for Natalie and Brady. It's the only song on the album that I didn't write. It's a really lovely like. song. Do you like that song? It's the, the one I didn't write. It's the, <laughs> one, it's the one you like. That's, that's great, that's Garrett. Yeah. The question I was going <laughs> to ask was, like, how many chairs did you throw around the record company table when they said, we're going to go with my star for the first one? <laughs> oh, you know, I, I, I went with it. I, it, was, it was overwhelming. Like being, you know, as I look back now as an owl one, looking back then, I, it, it, I, it was a bit overwhelming when, you know, big serious record executives are making decisions and telling you that, this makes the most sense for this, or that makes the most sense for that. You know, I, I definitely found myself sometimes, through nobody's fault but my own, but, you know, sometimes kind of being, coasting along a little bit, going, okay, grand, all right, fine. You know, so I just said that. But, you know, I mean, I was delighted that it came out as a single. I don't get me wrong, I'm not yeah, talking I badly about it, but um, I, I didn't it. throw any it. chairs. You in didn't throw any chairs. You were yes. always very lovely to deal with. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> After so after bringing down the moon, you moved to Los Angeles. You, I did. You relocated, uh, and you were writing and stuff out there. Yeah. And you did a tour with the one of the Bee Gees. I did. Yes. How did that come about? I had I had, I moved to Los Angeles in two thousand and four, two thousand three, two thousand four, and. Um, Oh, it was brilliant. It was so great. And yes, I was, um, how did I get, I, you know what, through Anne-Marie Cullen, musician extraordinaire who's going to play guitar with me later. Um, she is a fantastic songwriter and she wrote with um, a musician called Scott Sachs and 
I met up with him one day to just write a song with him because when I was over in Los Angeles, I just wanted to write songs, play gigs, experience the whole thing, and it went really well. And I wrote a lot of music and met some amazing people. And Scott Sachs was the one who just put me in touch. He heard that Robin Gibb. It was the, like the d literally the day before. Um, I got a call from this manager going, Scott Sachs gave me your number. Um, Robin Gibbs being inducted into the Hollywood Bowl Hall of, or no, not Robin Gibb, um, the guy from the Beach Boys, help me. Brian Wilson. Adam. Brian Wilson, thank you. Oh, yes. Brian Wilson was being inducted into the Hollywood Bowl, um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at the Hollywood Bowl, and Robin Gibb was performing at it as a guest, and they needed an extra backing singer for that. So I just showed up, like no one had met me, no one had heard me sing, and showed up the next morning for sound check and sang some Robin Gibbs songs at the Hollywood Bowl. Wow. You know, the first time I'd ever been there and I was on the stage. It was just a surreal, magical moment. And then I stayed I, with him I, for like a year. We toured. I did a big tour around Europe with the, the, Philar the Philharmonic Orchestra the, of some place in Germany that I can't pronounce. The oh, it's not important. Uh, it's boring. No, Sorry. Yeah, it's it's, uh, <laughs> but yes, but I sang all, you know what I did? I sang all the high parts. So the BG songs have some high parts. Oh, so I'm very impressed with my uh, range. Oh, wow. I was at the top there. Oh, wow. Yeah, but it was deadly. Um, and so you've, you've got an EP out now, which is mm -hmm. music that you recorded over there. Because you mm -hmm. had music that you recorded, you had a whole album full of stuff that mm -hmm. you just then had Sat on. <laughs> 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 well, I, I, yeah, I recorded it and then I went and had babies and got married and was too distracted to focus on it. And now I've come back round to neglecting my children and thought oh, I'll, focus, yeah. I'll focus on music again. So I have a six song EP, I think. There's six songs on it called Survive. At the moment, I have it on Spotify and everything like that. So it's, um, and I'm delighted with it. I really am and delighted it's just, it's with it. It's just kind of been, they've started to play it on the radio now. Yes, like they have, yeah. Um, Survive, the title track, um, they, you know, Fiek No Brain On played it on Late Date the other night and Roddy, um, Roddy Clear played it. Um, there's a couple of things I have to ask you about as well, because when you were in Los Angeles, uh, you, like, because Fascinated is all about me just meeting people oh, that I yes. quite like. Now, I know, I love it. You met your hero yes, at a I concert. Did. Yes. And it I went did. really well. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze um, was my first love. And um, I have seen Dirty Dancing probably 75 million trillion gazillion times. And um, everybody who knows me just puts up with that part of me, that uncool crazy part of me and yeah I was at um, a U2 concert and in Los Angeles and I uh, um, Anne-Marie's friend we worked for their management company so we were standing up at the sound desk where all the VIPs and there were loads of celebrities up there and it was very exciting and I looked over and there he was Patrick Swayze right there in the flesh <laughs> in real life I know I sound like an Egypt, but it was so <laughs> exciting. And so what I did was I went over, I like, you know, sauntered over and I stood next to him and he had a big leather jacket on. And um, I did like gently push my elbow against his elbow. And I was like, I'm touching Patrick Swayze's elbow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I know you're laughing at me, not with me. But and then I decided um, in fairness, it was my friend. Amory. She was like, you've got to say something to him. Dude, you've got to do it. I was like, I can't. She's like, you have to. You have to. You'll regret it till the day you die. So I finally got up the nerve. And I remember um, One was playing. You know, it was a beautiful moment. <laughs> That's the moment. Gorgeous song. And so I, you know, I tapped him very gently. I was like, excuse me. And he looked at me and I was like, I, I, I think you're a wonderful actor. Um, and he looked at me like I had 17 heads. Like he was so <laughs> confused. And 
I mean, I sometimes would say, like, maybe a lot of people didn't say that to him, or I don't know. Um, but then there was this <laughs> awkward, um, there was this really, like, uh, awkward silence when he was just looking at me but not saying anything. And all in my head, all I can think of was, like, say something, say something, say something. And you know in life when that happens that you should never say something. Yeah, like, absolutely. That is, that is 100%. The, the, the time to keep your mouth shut. So, but I, I was really awkward and excited. So I just grabbed him by the hand and shook it frantically and went, thank you for being so wonderful. <laughs> At which point he like turned gracefully because he's a dancer and uh, went back over to his wife who gave me dragon stares for the rest of the <laughs> evening. Yeah, yeah so. I did that. The one I did was, well, I mean, you're mad, mad about her as well, was Angela Lansbury. Oh my God. Name th- we, oh. we bond over Angela Lansbury because name is very big Murder She Wrote fan. Huge. Um, I I met Angela Lansbury in New York when she was doing a play there, and um, oh god, she'd just done the thing in Ireland that I'd missed that I found out. You know when you see like a photograph on Twitter and you're like, oh, I can't believe it, and I don't know why I said it, but when she was doing the line like uh, outside the play signing programs, she took my program and I just said, oh god, I missed your thing in Dublin, and I I nearly cried, and she just went, oh for goodness sake. <laughs> 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 and she's like, can I get a photo, please? And the, the photo is just me going. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely mortifying. I wa- before you go, I want to talk to you about videos, because you told me a story about videos. Um, w- one of the videos that we didn't show, and that was because you released a cover of The Cure's Love Song. Yes, I did. Uh, which is amazing. Now, uh, Ooh, but there's you. a lot of trampolining. In that. <laughs> there is. I mean, it's the logical <laughs> thing to do to a Cure song is trampoline. But um, they hired an Olympic... Trampolinist. 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 Maybe. I, d- I yeah. don't know. What is it? Because y- y- he, he was going to do some jumping, and you were going to do some jumping. Yeah. Was the way that started. Yeah. Um. And they. It was in London. We were filming it, and I don't know what story you want me to tell. I'm going to tell a story that maybe yeah, it's no, the no, story it's you're yeah, thinking no, of. I, I don't know. I got a clip. I'll back it up. Um, <laughs> and. Yeah, but so, yeah, and we it was outdoors, and yeah, they had this amazing trampolining human Person. who um, was good enough to be in the Olympics, so he was deadly, and, you know, he started doing his moves and trampolining, and there was a crowd, you know, started to gather in awe of his Olympic prowess, and uh, he was amazing, and everyone's there, and then he got off, and he finished, and then it was my turn, and I, you know, climb up on the trampoline, and I, I literally jumped, like, two inches off the thing, you know, I'm like... <laughs> But and that's all I could do. <laughs> at which point, everybody was like, ah, and just like walked away. <laughs> the crowd vanished. No, it was edited very well because I you think, think? We, yeah, we can have a look. Okay. Yeah. Now, I actually, this isn't the actual, I think this is an edit or something that was on YouTube. It's oh, just, okay. yeah, it's just something nice. different. So nice. it's, it's, it's a mix of it, but you get the, you get the impression. Oh, it's a lovely still there. <laughs> Like, see, it's edited so it's just. There I am. I, there I'm 20 feet off yeah. Incredible. Amazing A round of applause editing. for the jumping. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, so, before you go, you're going to do uh, a song. I am. Yes. I'm you're going to do, gonna you're gonna do your top five hit. I'm going to do my top five hit. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, gonna so, we're going to invite up uh, Anne Marie Cullen and Adam Marcello. <laughs> Woo! Give them a round of applause. Okay, I'm just going to talk while you guys are setting up. Um, Anne Marie is an amazing musician and she has two brilliant albums uh, on iTunes and Spotify. And just the name of her album made me cry. <laughs> just the name, that's all she has to do. And Adam uh, is a drummer and he's in Katy Perry's band. Excuse me. And he's all, you're also, aren't you the um, dum da dum da dum on Modern Family? Yes. Yes, he yes. is. That's right. 
I did play yeah. one. See? I know people. The punchline of the joke. Yeah. <laughs> Came in from a rainy Thursday on the avenue Thought I heard you talking softly I turned on the lights, the TV and the radio Still I can't escape the ghost of you what is happening to it all? Crazy, some say. Where is the life that I recognize? Gone away, but I won't cry for yesterday. There's an ordinary world. Somehow I have to find. And as I try to make my way through the ordinary world, I will learn to survive. Passion or coincidence once prompted you to say, pride will tear us both apart. Well, now pride's gone out the window, cross the rooftops, run away. Left me in the vacuum of my heart. What is happening to me? Crazy, some say. Where is my friend when I need you most? Gone away. But I won't cry for yesterday. There's an ordinary world. Somehow I have to find. And as I try to make my way through the ordinary world, I will learn to survive.
Mamie was so cool. And thanks a million to Adam Marcello and Anne-Marie Cullen for playing for her on that. Next up, Neve Kavanagh. I know what my first question is. Gentlemen, please welcome Mead Kavanagh. Hello. Hello. I was just looking. I was just looking for my questions. I'm just wondering, did you clear the front row for a reason? <laughs> hello, hello, hello. You're very welcome. I'm very welcome. Very, was that? Like I am very welcome. <laughs> I'm a very welcoming person. Do you all bubble up with nostalgia now when you see something like that? Well, there's there's equal amounts of nostalgia and dread and uh, tragedy. You know, there's a lot of tragedy involved in it, you know, because it brings back about 500 memories the second I see that video, the first one in your mincers, that one. It was a kind of an interesting time because um, we, we didn't get to record the song beforehand. Uh, we literally had to record it in Frank McNamara's studio about, um, let's see, about two weeks before I went down to Mill Street and we painted 250 copies because no one would sign us. The Sony music said, we'll give you a thousand punts, Neve, if you sign up. And sure, if you win, we might record it. I said, ah, you're all right for that then. So um, we actually paid, myself, Jimmy Walsh, the writer, and Brendan Graham, who is the publisher, and we actually paid our good hard-earned money to actually record in your so eyes. just to actually get the single released. That's right. And, uh, well, no, I wasn't going to release it as a single. Oh, like just to have copies. You had to, to have copies away. when you went down to, to the magic place for Eurovision Week, because it was only a week back then. And so um, I remember recording it with Frank McNamara's, uh, and at two o'clock in the morning, you hit that lovely big high note, you know, the hysterics at the end, that bit. <laughs> 
and you think in that moment it's a s- simple beautiful moment and you think oh that's amazing I have to do that live <laughs> <laughs> how the hell am I going to do that no so there's that element of it and then um, uh, then I had to drive straight from there to Donegal to record my postcard I'm a bit disappointed I didn't have it in the montage where oh, I was wearing the Avoca tweed Avoca tweed so they dressed me like a, Very four- nice. like a 40 year old woman back then so actually yeah. <laughs> I haven't aged one bit since <laughs> Um, you did, uh, like, if you look at that postcard now, you yeah. do think, oh, that, that's me from the Credit Union. That's like, correct. <laughs> y- the y- bank, You go in please. there when you the can't bank. keep up with your payments and you have a conversation. She that's looks sternly right. at you and I know. pulls the tweed together. Yeah, very true. Because you're, you're only 25, like, you're only a baby. I was a baby. I was a baby. And actually, the recording of the other video where you want your man's number, right? Uh, the thing <laughs> about that is... The same thing about that video actually was we flew out because Arista Records we signed to them within about a week or so and then I had to fly a over. A week of, win- of winning the Eurovision. Yeah, we, we because deal. we didn't we weren't owned before that we got a lot more money. <laughs> it was more <laughs> than more than a thousand punts. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, so uh, Simon Cowell was actually there with Sonia at the Eurovision and went home to his record company Arista and said you need to sign this girl. And so they did. And, um, and so you, you went out to London to I make went to London and Simon and I, uh, Simon put me on. He was my A&R guy. So we went to do the video and I literally had a day. They flew me in the morning and then I flew back to have the civic reception with the, the mayor of uh, Dublin to get the keys of something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I, it hasn't opened anything. She doesn't that's even have, to, gonna pay say. Not she a doesn't even have thing. to pay for parking tonight. That's what, no. what I got there. That's true. Drives down. Yeah. That's very true. Very um, true. So before the Eurovision, mm. you were you were working in the bank. You were doing your shift. I was in, in the bank, and you they didn't actually know that you were <laughs> that you were going for the Eurozone, like to, to qualify for Eurovision. No, well, no, well that they saw you on the telly. That's basically. very true. Yeah, no, that is true. Actually, because to be fair, before I did Eurovision, I was still singing on the scene. So I had done the commitments before that, recorded with commitments. And if I tell you that on a Wednesday night, I finished my evening shift because I worked like, you know, shift work on uh, I worked on the branch running the programs that probably debited your car loan and stuff like that. It was very difficult for me. That's where the tweed came That's, in. Yes. That's where the I know. tweed comes I was in. very good <laughs> at it. And uh, basically, I would finish I finished my ship on shift on the Wednesday night and flew to New York the next day and sang on the Grammys and then flew back in time for my Tuesday night shift. And uh, they said, what are you doing the weekend? Well... <laughs> I was in New and York. These were the commitments days. Yeah, the commitments days, and so I was singing a long time. So they were kind of used to me gigging. I, I was always getting in the back of a truck with seven men going somewhere. <laughs> and uh, y- you, you know about that, don't you, Garoad? Yeah. <laughs> the, way com- the way comedy works. Yeah. Anyway, let's move swiftly <laughs> past that. Uh, so anyway, so they were so used to me singing, and I remember going into my manager, and I said, "Listen, I'm doing this thing on Sunday night. It's a, it's a TV thing." It's probably going to be late. I'm on a split shift on Monday and everybody's in. So you won't really need me from 10 till 4 to just cover breaks. Do you mind if I take the day off? No problem, Navy says. No problem. So I took the day off and, of course, then I won. And it was all over the papers that this banker had won. And, um, you know, because I came out of the teller desk singing. And uh, so that's, uh, that's exactly what happened. So I gave you your mortgage today and tomorrow I sang on the Eurovision. So that's kind of how it worked. And so the marketing department were raging. 
because they missed an opportunity to actually market the bejesus out of it. So because they really did then. Oh when, no, there was a row. There was a row. Apparently, I missed it because I wasn't there. Obviously, I had the day off, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I came in the next day, and, and and it was absolutely pandemonium in the place because the senior management had come down. Why did we not know this girl was doing this thing? And because you know they they love it when you're on the Rosa Tralee or the, you know that you're a ga <laughs> player. So uh, winning a Eurovision was a bit of a shocker after that. Yeah, no, but the Eurosong was th- because they, like they, they took out an ad, didn't they? They With did. Neve, you can have Monday off. They did. They <laughs> said take Monday off, Neve. I was reading it in the dressing room on the day of the Eurovision. I was like, oh. And then uh, that's very clever. Yes, it's very clever. Evelyn and I were laughing about, and, and my hairdresser who had come down with me was having heart attacks trying to fix my hair to make me look old. And um, <laughs> it was of its time, of its time. And then, um, and then on top of that, then the um, the next thing, obviously after I won, the next ad out was Take Tuesday as well, Neve. <laughs> for the record, I didn't go back for five years, and even then, <laughs> and even then when I went back, I said, "What can you offer me?" And they said, "You know, your old job." I said, "No." Nah. I said, "No." <laughs> if I was a gal player, they'd have made me a bloody senior manager. They absolutely. W- that yeah. is a point. You know, and I did more for them. They they still get advertisement every time I go anywhere. Oh, you work for the ad? Yes, I did. I still get no money <laughs> for that. Uh, so uh, yes, actually, if I'd have been a gal player, I'd have been guaranteed a much better job. So I just thought, you know what? Actually, I think I'll stick to the singing, and I was still doing plenty of it, so it's okay. And you, d- but you didn't get a trip because it was in Mill Street. It was after oh. Mill Street. It was after. Excuse me, I was on a train to do Cork. What do you mean? <laughs> well, you it's a foreign get, land you know, for a Dublin you girl. Get, like, I tell it you, it wasn't in at, like Antwerp or in Oslo or no. you just had to go to Cork. That's I did. I just had to go to Cork. Yeah, I, go to, the, I, I, I remember. Do you the time do many gigs like in Cork? Gr- yeah, I, excuse me. I did one on Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And well, it was. You know. Do you think? How do you think they're going to? <laughs> how do you think they're going to feel when you say you and just you know went to Cork? They had the good grace to take the empty front row out. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What the hell is this about? Like, clearly, um, you're just trying to, you know, create separation here. You see, I met Neve because uh, she lived around the corner from oh, us. Oh, oh, no, no, I'm going to tell this no, story. No, no, oh, no, I'm no. telling this story. <laughs> no, Road. heavily sanitized. Okay. Heavily sanitized. No, no, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I was basically a little gay teenager that just used to knock on doors and go, did the Eurovision when I live here? <laughs> yeah. Except he couldn't actually speak. I think we speak. should be friends. <laughs> he couldn't be speaking. You didn't speak. You used to come to the door. <laughs> and then, and you were so sweet. And then you used to write me lovely letters about your girlfriends and... Um, <laughs> And what you were doing. I, I never knew why it wasn't working. You know, he had posters <laughs> of Sunita and me on his wall. Trust me, I knew well in advance. She, and she had the good grace not to say it's because she doesn't have a willy girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I'm a national treasure. I would never no, use those words. Use never use those no. words. Well done. Um, uh, thank you. Uh, but actually, it's a kind of a funny thing because that's how we met. Uh, yeah. And he used to t- appear and little gifts for me. And I used to smile at him, smile at him and read his le- letters. And then I'd have... Get browned off, you know. I get browned off because all the idea. conversation was on me. You know, I, I used to have to try and make a so garoud. What are you? How are you getting on in school? <laughs> <laughs> Any men on your wall? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, it's a little bit like that. But actually, you know, and we became the best of friends after that. You know, just really. Well, um, it's kind of tenuous now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think you were going to get away completely. Let's change all the questions you're going to ask <laughs> me now. <laughs> I will t- just. Darting strictly back to that video, you know, the one that I did in a day before the mayor. And um, basically, um, the director was definitely in 
to that male model because there was more pictures of his crotch than my eyes. <laughs> Just saying. And uh, to this day, I do not understand why I was wearing a Scottish widow's kind of uh, velvet yeah, to the top and then he was as naked as a jaybird. I, you know, I was yeah. a good looking girl back then. I, you know, I could have <laughs> rocked a little more, you know, skin. <laughs> Now, that is a sentence I never thought I'd hear you say. Yeah, I, I know. I could have rocked a bit more skin back yeah, in the know, day. Yeah, I know, I know. So, uh, like, after the, the Eurovision, you went, to, you went to Nashville. and I did. You did uh, an album out there, uh, Flying Blind. Is that your cue? Please just talk about that. Is that, is that or, <laughs> or do you want to talk about the flight over there? No? Uh, no, uh, no. Oh, on the flight? What happened on the flight? No, no well, lots of things happen to me every day, you know. Oh, right, every, yeah. every day. But I flew to Nashville to meet John Jennings, who's a producer and produced Mary Shape and Carpenter. It was a very exciting time. And... Um, what people don't know is most people travel with entourages everywhere. Entourages. I used to turn up like with my bag at uh, places because I didn't understand that that's what I was supposed to do. Um, because obviously working in the bank, you didn't have entourages. So I used to turn up on my own and I, I flew to, to Nashville to meet John Jennings and he very kindly met me at the carousel and we're chatting. And it's the first time I've ever met this man and he is like an icon in the, in the industry and is, he's going to produce my album. It's a very intimate relationship with your producer. And um, all of my underwear was on the carousel <laughs> because my bag broke. <laughs> and I was like, this is my life right here. Hello. <laughs> Would you like to see my brown bra now? Because <laughs> I do have bras in different colors, and uh, luckily I don't. I didn't wear thongs, so it was all right. <laughs> so, in, like in your eyes, you because mm -hmm. there's, there's this thing around in your eyes because Just I, the one. yeah. Well, it, it's people ha seem to have this thing about the Eurovision because it was back in the time when it was the orchestra and it was the mm. time when everybody watched it and it was like 300 million people watched watched the win, but now even 20 odd years later, you get people still come up to you to tell you where they were that night. Oh, all and, the time. And it's not even that, like, because if you were to say that in an interview, people would go, hmm, yeah, of course they do. But like, they really do. Oh no, all the time. Like, you I know that, the you're out with me. With you, yeah. <laughs> and two people came up and one of them cried. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, this was the Odeon in Parnell Street. I, I know. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I often make people cry, but that's a different whole story. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Um, no, actually, yeah, it's funny. I think the win in Main Street was everybody's win. And I think that's why they have ownership on it. I think it was a little bit unexpected. It was the first one on home ground. It, and it was in Mill Street, which is kind of not citified. You know, it was, it, was, it was a time when the Celtic Tiger was just like a little kitten. And it was getting us little before it got the claws out and started wrecking everybody. And 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 it's we were just swept away with the delight of it. And it was such an achievement to hold it in such a small. I mean, there was fifteen hundred people in that town. That's it. And they were all employed by Noel C. Duggan. You saw him in the clip there. And you know, unbelievable energy and spirit to be involved in that. And even to this day, even the hard bitten crew members I meet everywhere, they just have this look on their face because they were. The, I knew by them by the look of them that whether they were there or not you know and I kind of knew most of them anyway but you know because we lived together for that length of time it was such a huge achievement and In Your Eyes became the biggest selling single in Ireland for 10 years wow like unbelievably successful from 250 cassettes and I mean cassettes right and, and there were 250 of them and literally multi multi platinum you know just unbelievably successful and the last Eurovision song for a long time 
to chart in the Top of the Pops. I wasn't on it, Naomi. I wasn't on it. <laughs> Just that video. I was on three weeks in a row. I was in the top 30, but I wasn't top five, to be fair. <laughs> you you no. needed pleather. I, no, I, yeah. <laughs> no pleather in my life. <laughs> this is... Uh, except one I have these d uh, leggings that have pleather down the front and I never realised I had sweaty knees before I've never had that before <laughs> <laughs> that's a new thing but that, then lots of things are new for me right now in my 50s that's all I'm going to say menopause is a wonderful thing that none of you will know um, well I want to do, one of the things that happens to you as well is that, that when you're places like people tend to say <laughs> what is coming out here <laughs> they just, like, they, I've, I've seen it happen it's like could you just like sing <laughs> oh yeah, just sing. Could you just sing like uh, a couple of lines of it? And it's like, can you get me popcorn? Like, yeah. <laughs> and what do I do? And you usually sing it, like. Right. <laughs> and do you know why um, I do that? Because otherwise, it's like fifteen minutes of conversation of Will you sing it? Will you sing it? Will you sing it? And then if you don't sing it, you are instantly the worst person on the planet. So yeah, Linda Martin would have sung it. Much easier. <laughs> <laughs> much easier to just go. They never asked Johnny. No, no, you wouldn't ask Johnny. You no, don't go near Johnny. Intimidating. It's the, le it's the leather coat. I no, think. it's yeah. But um, and just to, to, to prove the point like that you do tend to get asked to uh, sing it in uh, the, the, the strangest of places. Oh, my oh God. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I was expecting. Uh, what is this? This is a, a video <laughs> of you singing it on a bus. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this happens. can't see is that Neve keeps turning around because she's actually driving the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just can't get over the glasses. Like, Deirdre Barlow's looking for them, I think. Okay, I'm going to tell you exactly when that was. <laughs> ah, that was not me, okay? <laughs> That's all of them. I left them to do it. Just listen there because it gets hostile. <laughs> what did I say? I, I think you were taking a mickey now if I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that actually, that was on the way home after I won Eurovision. Oh, really? And the reason I'm on a bus is because if I was Johnny Logan, I'd have been in a limo. <laughs> we used to bus from Killarney. Everybody had to stay in Killarney because Mill Street wasn't big enough to house everybody to stay in. So we used to go on buses from Killarney to Mill Street and back. Yeah, and, and on the night of the Eurovision, when I'd won it, I did, uh, everybody else had the best party. There was a big tent full of people having the crack, right? Absolutely mad. And they wouldn't let me in there because they said, oh, you'll be torn to shreds, Neve. You'll be torn to shreds if you went in there. So I got to do a press conference for an hour and then talk to Albert Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and Joe Joe, who was the head of, of RTE, who was white faced the whole night because he was absolutely traumatized about how he's going to pay for another one, and then and and so they put me on a bus and sent me back to Killarney, and I went back up to my hotel where there was five people walking around because everybody else was out having a party, five people walking around going, "What are you doing here?" And the thing is, I got on that bus and it was full of fans who nearly had a heart attack. Right, an absolute heart attack because Eurovision fans are very special people. They're, they're very intense. Yeah. I had never met them before uh, the National Song Contest, and I walked up after winning the National Song Contest up into the 
even when the point years ago they had the this uh, balcony on the top three arena as is now shall we say and there was a balcony on the top and I went up there and I was introduced I had my shoes in my hand <laughs> I was down there going what's going on here and these people immediately come over and we are the fans and we're going to educate you about Eurovision because you can't go to Eurovision unless you know everything about it right okay and ever since then I have some great friends who are fans and I absolutely love it because they treat me like they're their sister, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's never uh, like like I'm famous or fabulous. You know, I, when I went back in 2010, it was brilliant because I kind of came in like the returning diva. That was a pretty amazing. Like I enjoyed that, but it was just it, it just a very different alternate universe that I uh, occasionally visit and absolutely love. One of the things I really liked was that when you sang the reprise of it, mm-hmm. um, Ray Darcy, like you know Ray Darcy. Oh, Ray. Yeah, Ray Darcy was under the impression uh, that when you sung the reprise. <laughs> You had sung it to him uh, because he was this, actually in the front row of he was in the, fr- in the front row of the Eurovision. And a while ago, when Neve was on his show, he kind of just said this to her, thinking that she would go, "Oh yeah." But she burned the fucker <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> uh, for the record, I'm wearing the same jacket I'm wearing now. Okay, <laughs> uh, oh god! <laughs> I've never said this to you before. Okay, really? But I was in the front row. That night. Excellent. And I was convinced <laughs> that when you won and you came out and you sang it for the second time, that you looked down at me and you sang. I did. In your eyes. Every word, Ray. And she did, Ray. She did. I did. Every word. Uh, to be honest, I didn't. I am short-sighted, so I just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never been back. Never been back. That is tragic. And so, I'm honest to a fault. See, I am, I am. See, this is not the first Fascinated Live podcast. I really had to work up to having you on because I've just i I've seen the potential of what can happen. I know, <laughs> I know. I am a bit bad, like I am. But no, uh, to be fair to Ray, Ray and I know each other a very long time. Obviously, when I started in the early 90s, uh, I would have seen him about the place. But then, obviously, when I did Eurovision in 93, um, he was doing The Den at the time, if you remember. Let's say, you know, with Dustin. And I was on the den on Christmas Day. On, it was very exciting, very exciting for me. Well, for my little sister anyway, who was much younger than me. So I brought her in with me, and I was I was asked out on a date by Dustin on the TV. So he didn't turn up. I waited, but <laughs> uh, but actually, um, Ray Darcy then, unfortunately for him, uh, said in one of these magazines, his ideal date would have been me, you see, and somebody mentioned oh. it on a radio program not too long after, you know, a few years before this eventuality. I don't know why he talks to me anymore, to be fair. <laughs> and uh, somebody says, oh, uh, Nave Kevin was your dream date. And like, he's sitting looking at me going, this is the worst day of my life. I, I, don't, I, don't, I think that's just one of those smash hit questions. You know those ones, because you're yeah, a big yeah, smash yeah, hit big fan. Smash hit. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, yeah, basically, Ray and I have a very checkered past. But I, I do recall one time going to see him in action. I happened to be somewhere, and th- he was doing one of those discos back in the day in a white jumpsuit and uh, he, he's quite small and um, I was because I was a VIP they put me in behind the big speakers all and, and all the big bank of lights and all so the glamour I didn't actually see him I just saw him when he kind of you know his head <laughs> so I don't know what kind of performance he did but uh, you know Ray's a wonderful boy you know, and I really enjoy talking to him he's a lovely man well one of the people we need to talk about is uh, <laughs> is Celine Dion right okay 
because there's kind of a link here, right? Yeah, because there's I'm, lots I'm, of links. Like, yeah, we were both I'm, winners. Yeah, you're both winners. But you you met her actually, didn't you? I did. I did actually myself and Linda. I got free tickets. I'm not going to pretend. I I got free tickets. It doesn't happen very often. I don't necessarily encourage that. I think uh, musicians should be supported in their job. Although Celine didn't need it. It's fine. Uh, so anyway, we went and then we were brought out to the backstage area to meet her as fellow Eurovision winners. And this lovely wee bird of a woman came in and I, uh, she's really teeny tiny. Like she was amazing on the gig, you know, and, uh, but she came in in her little thing with her scarf on her. But she didn't speak because apparently she doesn't speak in between concerts, which is fair enough when you're singing at that level all the time. I don't have that luxury. Uh, because people, <laughs> you know, people expect me to speak, and sometimes they'd like me to stop. But uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't have that capacity. But you, you have to do her, like at Eurovision concerts. Mm -hmm. You have to do her Eurovision. Yeah, your, yeah. Her Eurovision song, I, which you know, you're always very grateful for. Yeah, I'm always glad because it's not like it's hard or anything. <laughs> it's uh, it's a big song, and and actually, when I get calls, I I tend to get asked to do the big songs. I sometimes say, any chance I could sing like you know. You know, a nice little wee song, like a nice soft song, because I can sing them lovely, you know. And uh, but Mary Black gets a call before I do. For <laughs> so I'm accepting of that. I just have to go and shout at people. That's my job. But the thing about it is, right? I, I was trying to work. That I, I had a look at uh, Celine Dion's clip, right? I'm going to show it to you because, like, there's, okay. there's big notes in that song. There is. But at your uh, at, and I hit them all. Vision, I hit them you all. You do hit them all. Of course <laughs> you do. Because I've been with you beforehand. In French. Yeah, when you're kind of going this. <laughs> I know. I always do it at the beginning of the set, too, when I do it. I always, this is the first song I sing when I come out for two reasons. One, because you're going to be, if I do it right, you're impressed. So that's a, I'm starting in a good place. But secondly, because then I don't have to think about it again the whole time, because it is a very hard song to sing. But on, on the on the gig, on the on the Eurovision, she kind of just went down a bit on the bit where you're supposed to go high. And I was trying to work no out way. why this is, and I have a bit of a theory. Okay, right? come so on. I'm just show me. Clip, right? Now, I have a theory about this, right? Because, well, first of all, first thing I have to say, right, is that the outfit that Celine Dion wore, I can see Celine Dion fans in the audience just looking furious, going, if you fucking say a word. <laughs> <laughs> um, but firstly, yeah. uh, Celine Dion Seriously lost all Seriously, Grode, I can't save you from him. Right? All right, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, Celine Dion actually lost all of her clothes when she was coming to Ireland to do the Eurovision, yeah. right? And they, I, d I don't know what happened, they like, someone was like, I have a communion dress, Celine, uh, if you'd... <laughs> 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 but they, they, they got her up anyway. But... Um, the song that came second, right? Okay. I think that Celine Dion was watching a rehearsal and saw who her main competition was and was like, Jez gonna win this. I, lo I, lo I just love how far back he is on the stage. There is like further back, scale, further, further. <laughs> Good man. But I, I think Celine saw that and was just like, it's grand, we don't need the note. Well, it's it's going to be fine. It's very likely. He actually reminds me of a guy called Tor uh, in, in Oslo, uh, 
pre well pre I went back but you know I gigged in uh, Oslo after Eurovision and they brought me to this huge concert and in your honour in your honour Neve, we have Tor Tor to sing Danny Boy for you and I'm like okay that's fine <laughs> Uh, and Tor uh, introduced himself as uh, you know Tor like the god and uh, I thought oh okay and then they said we were thinking it would be wonderful Neve, if you would sing the second verse and in my head I went there's a second verse <laughs> okay um, and that's pre-Google days, ladies and gentlemen. And so I had to ring someone at home to ask them what the second verse of Danny, Danny Boy, Boy was. <laughs> and I had to try and learn it. And myself and my friend Maraid, who was with me, is just practicing, 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 trying to learn the second verse. And then I hadn't heard Tor sing. And uh, Tor, like the God, uh, came out with the same hair as Scott there, with the lovely hair. And he was wonderful. Like, and he came out and there was a fantastic band, as there always is in the Scandinavian places. Just brilliant band. And they're playing away. And he basically is Tom Jones singing. Right. That's a, that's a voice. Oh, wow. And then he looks at me for the second verse and I'm just looking at him going. Holy God. So I think I got to the end of it. I couldn't swear to it. I don't know if there's any footage of it because it was a huge concert. But actually, that's I, I've been, that's the type of thing that happens to me all the time. People just say, okay, you know, sing this. It's sometimes it's a bus. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's a bus. Sometimes. But you often went, it's a bus. Well, be, like before we go, we have to just uh, quickly talk about uh, 2010. Oh, are we going? To, well, no, we have a few bits to do. Okay, okay. 2010. 2010, you went back. Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, you would be Ashclouds to contend with. Yeah, we did. We, uh, myself and Julian uh, decided to do a mad dash because obviously you only get a couple of rehearsals, so you have to make sure you're there. And if you're not there, tough, 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 tough. And then, of course, the Ash Cloud uh, meant that they were going to close all these airports. So we decided on the Saturday night uh, that we would leave on the Sunday night and make sure we got there. So we took the midnight boat across. I felt like. Uh, you know those desperate people uh, who always end up getting that over to Hollyhead and then waiting yeah, for yeah. the train. And it was basically you got a booze cruise to the Eurovision. Yeah, we did. And then we got the train to London, and then the plan was we were going to get the Eurostar then across and then drive the whole way to Oslo. Just me and Julian, just the two of us. The dignity and the glamour. <sighs> You've no idea, no idea, and and we would have done it in the name of Eurovision. I have to tell you that. We would definitely have done it. But actually, uh, in the end, we managed to get a flight out and we were actually a day early. So we had a lovely time. And, yeah, and the rest of them all flew in on the Tuesday on the original flight that we were supposed to come in on. Fine. <laughs> 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 and we were exhausted from traveling all night. But yeah, 2010 was quite an interesting experience. Going back as the returning divas of quite a, a moment. And they love it when you come back. But also... Um, now Eurovision was two weeks long, you know, and also RTE dressed me for longer, so I have more clothes from that period of time. <laughs> you got some fancy clothes out of it. Oh, I, I did. I got some fancy clothes. I still wear them today because, quite frankly, I'm too tight to buy new ones. <laughs> no, I, I, the purple dress I don't wear. I don't even know where that is. Actually, funny enough, uh, Claire O'Connor did a beautiful job, actually, really nice, considering she had a lot of challenges to work with. Um, 42 year old woman who clearly didn't do aerobics much. Uh, <laughs> but actually, there was a, it was a block of wood that they put underneath me. So I was like a Sabutio uh, you know, player. <laughs> 
because they put a block of wood under and I stood up on that so that they could make the dress longer to make me look thinner. That's, uh, you know, that's <laughs> apparently a thing. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, I, I gave them a bit more to work with because I am a bit rubbish about sequins and dresses and whatnot. So um, I'm always the ruination of my mother just hates the fact that I will not talk about fashion. I just literally wear whatever I want. And th that sometimes works out well. And in the case of the national final of 2010, not so much. Yeah, there was kind of a Twitter storm about your frock. I know. I thought I was being very but forward But you recovered thinking. well. You were I thought it was very Florence in the Machine. Yeah, I thought so too. But to be fair, it's a different Florence wearing a um, lashing across a Glastonbury stage and me teetering in on heels that are not meant for people to walk on and, um, you know, been strapped in at 42 in years of age. <laughs> you know, like that. <laughs> it wasn't my look. It wasn't my look, you know, I'll be honest. But it's okay. I still have this. I still have the bodice somewhere. You've actually. got. You, you've actually. You've brought. I brought you something. Yeah, you've brought some, this. Is, I, think I brought you the jacket. There's been more men in this jacket. I want to be clear. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Because they all want to have a go. Like as soon as she took it out, there was a waft of want. I know. <laughs> you know, it's, if if my gig is flagging on a Eurovision gig, I take out the jacket and get a standing ovation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say for the record, my gig doesn't often flag, but anyway. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, but actually, this is the jacket from 93. Uh, hasn't been cleaned since, and so it still has my DNA in it. <laughs> so it they can clone you for future uh, Eurojet. Yeah, Eurovision it doesn't actually fit me anymore, I'll be honest. It might fit you, Gro, though. <laughs> right, I'll try it on. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last person to wear this is Tom Dunn. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Sounds a bit of a variety. I, I had to pull it off him in the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I think. Oh, come on, oh, I'm too buff. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on, come on. Oh, oh my gosh. This is hilarious. Oh, God. I, if I rip a. Like, I literally. If, if I rip a Eurovision winner's jacket, I'll it's be all over. Over. <laughs> 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 I can literally, like, find yourself a wife. We don't want you. I know you. <laughs> I know, yeah. You've never put like, it on. Like, why can we do this when I was 15? Like, <laughs> 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 like I'm the George and I'm popular. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, are, you, are, are you struggling? <laughs> 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 Sorry, Tom. This is just the last thing Eurovision fans need. Come on. Okay. Look, just cut your finger off. <laughs> 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 it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> Come on, pull, pull. <laughs> <laughs> I, will not I never liked it anyway. <laughs> Take it off. Come on, take Here, it off. I'll do it. I'll do it. I think I have it. Is <laughs> 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 there a doctor that can just act like really? No, seriously, it's fine. It's fine. Look, there it is. There it is. There we go. It's this one. Okay, now let's see how much energy is coming off the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Lewis, Richard Lewis made the sleeves two different sizes. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> it was made for the size of my hands and my arms at the time. It's a reflection of him rather than me. I'm very skinny. Okay, have a look. There we go. There we go. Wow, what a moment that was. <laughs> uh, the original RTE hanger, too. The I nicked that, too. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you, that's no mean achievement. <laughs> All right. Now, before you go, oh, Jesus. Am I going? Yeah, yeah. Well, we there's a few things we have to do, right? Um, okay. One of the things you kind of wanted to do, and one of the things they wanted to do. <laughs> so we're going to do, uh, this is the song that you recorded for an album that Unloved. Oh, okay. Did yeah. 
I'm not saying this is a surprise because we've already practiced this, but um, oh yeah, we practiced, <laughs> we practiced it once, but, but uh, yeah, actually, I did this album. Um, I've done quite a few albums, believe it or not. M- most people are unaware of them, but um, <laughs> you know, uh, I recorded an album in uh, Randallstown, and um, I had I had such great uh, singers, uh, songwriters, should I say, involved in it. And this one is Jan Arden, who is a per- close personal friend of yours, is it not? She was at, yeah, she was on my podcast, Jan. Yeah, Arden. Uh-huh. I know people, Modern Family Drummer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I think the word is stalking. So um, <laughs> anyway, so he, but he's a charming stalker. So we kind of let him in, don't we? We let you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm doing uh, a concert in uh, December, which is a big concert for Eurovision because uh, the Netherlands are holding it, and there's like 19 Eurovision winners in it. Oh wow! Yeah, I know. So I'm one of those of the many. Oh, that's the thing I'm going. And yeah. I said, to, I, I, I texted Grode. Jolly I said, come gentlemen. on, Grode. We're going to fly over and we're going to do the concert and we're going to spend the whole time laughing. I, I, yeah, I'm going with the backing singer. So, so we'll Your have to do the, we'll have to do a little Insta stories because <laughs> he does Insta. He's very good at that. I'm like rubbish. I absolutely hate social media. Ah, you're good enough, though. I what know. We, what we're going <laughs> to do is, this is going to be a social media moment, right? Oh, this is, because it's a very big deal. I'm going to introduce it, right? Oh, yeah, talking. you do already. Okay. Um, so, anyway, uh, Grode um, has been, he, he, when I first met Grode, he was in shows and everything. He used to sing all the time. Do you remember that? Uh, the, the <laughs> this is not where you thought it was going. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, he said to me, but when I came down, we're going to sing a song or two. And he said, so, um, I might play guitar with you. And I went, oh! exciting because I have never seen him play guitar before I know he plays I keep sending him charts so uh, this is our first real duet well we did it earlier in the session with yourself so. <laughs> <laughs> you need a microphone if you're going to sing I might, um, you're not going to sing you're going to leave me with all the work to do depends on if I get to the first verse <laughs> okay uh, here's the problem I can play the chords and can't read them I'm singing uh, <laughs> we'll see we'll it's see it's a whole verse, actually. Yeah. yeah? Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten? Okay. Microphone technique, darling. Okay. If I nod at you, you sing it. <laughs> what, what does your nod look like? <laughs> <laughs> Holy Lord. So this song is called Unloved, and uh, it's not relative to Garode. Um, you know, clearly he's well-loved. <laughs> But it's it's a really beautiful song and it's about, you know, not wanting, you know, how important it is not to be left alone in life and how to feel connected to people because it's an incredibly important thing and especially in this modern society where we're really just connected to people who we think we're connected to in social media but we could be connected to anybody. And the truth is you need personal connection and that's important. Isn't that right, Grode? Say yes. Yeah. Say yes. Okay. Are you nervous right now? I'm shitting a brain. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Auntie Neve has it sorted. It's grand. All right. Do you want to wear the jacket while you do it? <laughs> <laughs> I've got the earrings. You could wear the earrings, couldn't you? The ones, no, that, that, the ones that they ripped off my ears. I literally can't keep rhythm when there isn't something switched. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, she ripped this off my ear. Orti are obsessed about putting earrings on me. So whenever I do things, they make me earrings, which are clip-ons, because I, you know, I'm a wuss. Um, I didn't get my legs waxed till after I had children. So um, a- any sort of pain, I could away for. So I've never had my ears pierced. So um, I have lots of clip-on earrings that I never wear. So the original Eurovision ones are here. Anybody wants to pay a tenner can have a go of them. <laughs> 
Never miss a genuine opportunity, I say. <laughs> you ready, my love? Yeah. Okay. Let's make beautiful music together. I'll play, I'll play the intro. There's kind of an impressive bit in the intro if it goes well. Feel free to stand. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say, usually it doesn't, so I'll just nod at her to start singing. <laughs> 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 so proud of him. Now we do it again for real. <laughs> so this is my new career anyway. Um, I'm a musician. I mean, I was talking to Adam actually earlier, and he said I recognize some really important music. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, that's de that's definitely the way that goes. Um, now before you go, obviously uh, we have to get you to the needful. The Needful, what's that now? The Needful uh, in your mince pies. Okay. Um, that, that, that's okay, but I thought that we... You we want me to do bake? It a little bit different, okay? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do it a bit different, right? Because I thought that we could get everyone involved, right? Because you've, you've done it so many yeah, times. Yeah, I'm afraid there's a small bit of dread going on here. Okay, well, what we're going to do is we're going to try and recreate the moment, right? So everyone just pull your chairs in. Oh. Yeah, pick and lift. Well, you want me in the middle? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Oh. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to play it. So just uh, like everyone get excited. Like just be like, you know, imagine you're there. It's the final the jury. <laughs> final final jury vote. You're on, we're on number 10. Whoever gets the 12 points is going to be the winner. So everyone now, everyone close their eyes. Close their eyes. Do you, uh, Niamh, do you want to hold hands with somebody? I don't know. Yeah, hands out. Yeah, hold hands. I just randomly put my hands <laughs> Yeah, it just happens. I was gripped that, <laughs> That's what happens when you win the Eurovision. Yeah, even, even... She literally, she doesn't even have to grab a rail on a bus. It's just literally. Showing no emotions, my feelings locked inside. I made myself an island, tried to take my heart and hide. Built a wall around me, afraid of letting go. But suddenly an open door I never saw before. home again it's heaven in your arms my love my heart is in your hands in your eyes seems so right i see forever in your smile this woman is a child again love's been building bridges between your heart and mine I'm safe here on my island, but I'm out on the edge this time. Built a wall around me, 
thought I'd save myself the pain But your touch swept me away Now I'll never play it safe again And in your eyes I see the light leading me home again It's heaven in your arms, my love My heart is in your hands In your eyes Seems so right I see forever in your smile This woman is a child was so much fun thanks so much to Neve Kavanagh and Naomi Coleman also a big thanks to everyone at the Headstuff Podcast Network that helped make this show happen you can follow Naomi and Neve on Twitter and Facebook and you can follow Naomi on Instagram I'm still trying to convince Neve to set up an Instagram account maybe she'll do an Insta Live with us one night um for the duration of the isolation, I'll be having chats live on Instagram each night. So if you want to follow me, uh, I will post the time of the chat each day. I usually just put it in my Insta stories and they're really good fun. We've had some very funny chats and we've had some that really need to be censored. <laughs> uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. There'll be a new episode soon. In the meantime, wash your hands, stay at home and take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.